Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you all doing? Alhamdulillah. How was your long, long break? Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'ad fa'a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Rabbishrah li sadri wa yassir li amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma ahdi qalbi wa saddid lisani. Wasul sakhimata qalbi. Amin ya rabbul alameen. Send salat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam softly on your own. Okay. Kitab Amal Fis-Salah, we were studying the chapter of movements during prayer. And we discussed that when it comes to the movements during prayer, we are talking about those movements which are not part of salah, right? There are actions in prayer, meaning legislated actions, actions that we are to perform during our prayer. And then these are, what we are studying over here are movements which are not part of salah. Like for example, a person moving their hand in order to adjust their clothing or scratch themselves. Or for example, moving forward in the rows in order to fill in a gap. And we discussed that there are five types of movements. And alhamdulillah, we went over the details of those five types of movements also. Now inshallah we will begin the second bab which is bab ma yunha anhu min al-kalami fi salah Now we're going to talk about speech during salah right so ma yunha ma yunha that which is forbidden anhu from it meaning that which is forbidden min al-kalam of speech fi salah in salah meaning what type of speech is forbidden in prayer what type of speech is forbidden in prayer. And in general, the speech that is forbidden in prayer is speech that a person directs towards people, meaning talking to people. That is something that is forbidden in prayer. If you think about it in salah, there is speech, right? But that speech, that kalam is directed towards who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So this means that there is dua, there is tasbih, there is istighfar, etc. Right? So that speech is, of course, a legislated part of prayer. Right? But when it comes to talking to people, then remember that in general terms, that is something forbidden. Alright? It is forbidden. We are not allowed to talk to people during prayer. And this means that as a musalli, as a person who is praying, we are not allowed to talk to people. And if someone else is praying, we are not praying, someone else is praying, we are also not allowed to talk to them. Why? Because they are technically speaking to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what if there is an urgent matter? An urgent matter. Like for example, a person is praying and somebody is knocking on the door again and again and again and again. Not the doorbell, they're not ringing the doorbell. But what's happening? They're knocking on your door. So what can you do to inform them, to notify them that you are praying? Can you say something at that time? And if you can, what is that? Inshallah, we will discuss it. Likewise, you are praying salah, and somebody walks in and they say salam. Assalamu alaikum. So what do you do? Do you respond to their greeting? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Qur'an that وَإِذَا حُيِّتُمْ بِتَحِيَّةٍ That when you are greeted with a greeting, then respond to it. Isn't it? So this is a command that if somebody greets you, you have to respond to them. Isn't it of the rights of a Muslim? Right? 
So if somebody greets you while you are praying, can you respond to their greeting? And if you can, then how? Right? Likewise, you are praying salah, you sneeze. Can you say Alhamdulillah? And if somebody else is uh, praying next to you, they sneeze and they say Alhamdulillah, can you say Yarhamukallah or Yarhamukillah? Right? So these are all situations that we come across, you know, when it comes to uh, talking in prayer. To what extent are we allowed to talk? What kind of speech is permissible? What kind of speech is not permissible? So remember rule number one, that it is not allowed for us to talk to people during prayer. Now inshallah we will look at the exceptions. Alright? But in general terms, we are not allowed to talk to people in prayer. We are only allowed to talk to who? Allah Azza wa Jal. Now let's look at the ahadith and the details. حدثنا ابن نمير حدثنا ابن فضيل حدثنا الأعمش عن إبراهيم عن علقمة عن عبد الله رضي الله عنه قال كنا نسلم على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو في الصلاة فيرد علينا so Abdullah رضي الله عنه and this is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه he narrated he said that كنا نسلم we would send salam meaning we would greet على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet ﷺ, meaning we would say the salam to him when وَهُوَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ while he would be in prayer. Meaning if we came and we found him praying, we would actually say salam to him. We would do that. فَيَرُدُّ عَلَيْنَا And he would also respond to us. You see what Ibn Mas'ud is saying? We would say salam to the Prophet ﷺ while he would be praying. And what would he do? He would respond to our greeting. فَلَمَّا رَجَعْنَا مِنْ عِنْدِ النَّجَاشِيِّ Then when we returned from Najashi, who is Najashi? The Abyssinian king where the Muslims migrated to when things were really difficult in Mecca, right? And remember that the, the hijrah to Habasha was twice, right? And then we learned that people came from Habasha, some came to Mecca and joined the Prophet ﷺ over there, and some later on joined the Prophet ﷺ in Medina. And remember that some came sooner and then others came much later. Right? They joined him even at the time of Khaybar. Right? So Abdullah bin Mas'ud said that when we returned from Najashi, meaning we came and met the Prophet ﷺ after some time, what happened? Sallamna alayhi. We greeted him as usual. Meaning we found him praying, we greeted him. But what happened? فَلَمْ يَرُدَّ عَلَيْنَا But he did not respond to us. He was praying, he did not respond to us in his prayer. وَقَالَ And he said, and this is of course later, when he finished his prayer, he said, إِنَّ فِي الصَّلَاةِ شُغْلًا إِنَّ فِي الصَّلَاةِ Indeed in prayer is shughlan, occupation. Meaning salah is enough occupation. In other words, when we're praying, our focus should be on prayer. We should not be distracted by other things. Our focus should not be other people. So this is the reason why the Prophet said that he did not respond to the greeting. Now, what do we learn over here? Firstly, what we see is that at the beginning, it was a norm that people would greet the musalli, the musalli, the person who's praying, and the musalli would also respond to the greeting. In fact, we learn, and inshallah we will learn the hadith later on in the chapter, that people would speak to one another during salah. Now, it doesn't mean that they would talk about random things. How was your day? Right? And then continue with the recitation of Surah Fatiha. No. 
It would be simple things like, for instance, move closer, for example. Right? So urgent, relevant matters they would speak about in prayer, wherever there was a need. Right? But later on, this allowance was taken away. And we know that in general, the rules that the Muslims were given at the beginning of the revelation were easy. Isn't it? And gradually, they were not made difficult. No, that's not the way to say it. But the allowances that were given were later on removed. And this was the favor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed upon the Sahaba. A special allowance, a special ease that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. Because of course, the sacrifices they made for Islam were not like the sacrifices made by the later generations. Right? This is why the Prophet ﷺ said that if one of you were to give even a Mount Uhud of gold in charity, it would not be equal to what the earlier generations gave. Right? They're not the same. Those who spent in the way of Allah and those who strove in the way of Allah before the conquest, their level is very different. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them certain allowances also. Because their struggle was much greater. And this was part of the allowance that they were allowed to talk during prayer. Now, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he's saying here that when we came back from Najashi, now Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu came early compared to the rest of the companions who returned from Abyssinia. He returned earlier. In fact, he was present at the Battle of Badr. Okay, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was there. Okay, he had already returned. So we're not talking about the sixth year after Hijrah, the seventh year after Hijrah, right? No. Very soon after the Hijrah, we learned that this allowance was taken away. So Ibn Mas'ud is saying that we came back, we greeted the Prophet ﷺ, he did not return our greeting. And the reason for this is, uh, as we will learn in the following hadith, is that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed a particular ayah. And inshallah we will leave it for that. But for now, from this hadith, what we learn is that in general terms, if a person is praying, can you greet them? Can you greet them? You can. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not forbid Ibn Mas'ud, don't greet me. He gave a reason as to why he did not respond to the greeting. But he did not say, don't greet the Musalli. Right? So, for example, if you walk in, to the house and you find your brother, your mother, your father, whoever praying, can you greet them? You can. You can say softly, Assalamu alaikum. Right? There's no harm in doing that. Now the question is, does the musalli respond to the greeting or not? What is obvious from this hadith is that you don't say wa alaikum assalam. Because saying wa alaikum assalam would be what? Talking to who? A person. And talking to a person during prayer, is that allowed? No. So you cannot say. But from many a hadith, we learn that it is permissible to respond with a gesture. Okay? With a gesture. Like for example, you are praying, you have your hands on your chest, right? So you can, you know, like lift your hand a little bit and indicate that, okay, you have heard their greeting. With a gesture, you can. But kalam is not permissible. What's the proof of this? That you can... Respond with a gesture. There is many a hadith. One hadith, for example, is that Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu said that I asked Bilal radiallahu anhu 
that how did the Prophet ﷺ return the salam when people greeted him? And of course, what is meant is during prayer. So Bilal radiallahu anhu said, with the gesture of his hand. So Bilal radiallahu anhu is saying, he's teaching Ibn Umar, that the Prophet ﷺ responded how? With the gesture of his hand. And this hadith is reported in Musnad Ahmad, as well as Abi Dawood. Also, what we see in this hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ taught a very important principle. And what is that? That inna fi salati shughlan. That for the musalli, the person who's praying, their main focus should be what? Prayer. Not other things. But what happens with us? We are praying, but our focus is what? The conversation that's happening. Right? The pen that somebody's looking for, right? Or the you know some kind of issue that that's going on, and we're we're like, can I just tell them like you know somehow inform them? And we're like, <coughs> <coughs> like what's the point, right? Clearing our throat or like coughing, trying to uh, you know get people's attention. No, your focus should be the prayer. Of course, there are certain situations in which there is urgency. Right? Or they're extremely important. And we will look at them, what are those situations? But in general terms, just because somebody cannot find a pen, right? or somebody cannot find a phone, or somebody cannot figure out how to turn the, you know, some, some kind of machine on or something, like, it's okay, you know, just a few more minutes. Won't cause any harm. Right? So leave it until after the prayer. And this is especially important for women or for parents. Even fathers get distracted by their children or by these little, little things. In prayer, وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا Devote yourself entirely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Devote yourself entirely to Him. Not to the people, but to Allah in prayer. Then we see here that from this hadith, that إِنَّ فِي الصَّلَاةِ شُغْلًا The scholars even discussed whether it is allowed for a person to speak to himself. Does that invalidate the prayer? Right? Because you do end up talking to yourself. Did I put that word? Did I do it? Did I say that? You know, like you start talking to yourself. So even that, I mean, we have to be careful about. Don't continue talking to yourself. Right? Stop that conversation. Okay? And keep turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now sometimes it gets very frustrating. You start your prayer and then you're talking to yourself about the menu you're talking to yourself about, you know, your to-do list, whatever it is that is going on in your life. But keep turning back to Allah. This is inaba, right? When you keep redirecting, redirecting, right? This is what? Inaba. So don't get frustrated. And when shaitan keeps distracting you, keep turning back. Say, a'udhu billah, right? Use the ways that the Prophet ﷺ taught us to chase shaitan away. But don't dwell in that conversation with yourself. Turn back. Because inna fi salati shughlan. Now, what if a person says something accidentally? Like for example, you're praying. Somebody says, As-salamu alaykum wa You know, it could happen. Somebody walks in and say, hi. You're like, ha ha ha. You know, you, you start and then you're like, I'm supposed to be praying. So what if you accidentally say something? Somebody's running around, where's the phone? Where's the phone? And you're like, there, there. 
right? You're like, as soon as you were supposed to say it, you realized, I'm praying. So when you said, when you spoke accidentally, did that break your prayer? Because remember that in, the rule is that you're not allowed to talk in prayer. So when you're not allowed to talk in prayer, if you start talking, that would break your prayer. Right? So remember there's a difference between talking deliberately and talking accidentally. What is talking deliberately? That you know you're not supposed to talk. Right? You are aware of that. Right? But you're like, it's okay, it's just a small word. I'll just say yes. Choosing to talk, deciding to talk, would break the prayer. Okay? The other is accidentally. Right? Accidentally. And this accident can happen. Right? It's amazing how, especially for mothers, you know, it's like they lose control over themselves because... They're constantly being, you know, pulled into different directions. So in prayer sometimes, it's possible for a mother to make a mistake like that. So if a person makes a mistake, they speak during their prayer, will that break the salah? No, it will not. Accidentally speaking in prayer does not break the salah. Even if you, you know, for example, you know, but you forgot. So this does not break the prayer because this falls in the category of رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا that, oh, our Lord, do not hold us accountable if we forget or if we make a mistake. So this is a mistake out of human weakness. So this would not break the prayer. And we learn in the hadith that once Muawiyah, عنه, he had recently joined the Muslims and he was praying and somebody close to him said, you know, he sneezed. So Muawiyah عنه, said, Yarhamukallah. Right? In his prayer he said, Yarhamukallah. So the people, you know, they like got upset with him. So he's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you staring at me? Right? Why are you treating me like that? So then the people started striking their hands on their thighs. Like, come on, you know, get it already. You're not supposed to talk. So then he realized that they were telling him to be quiet. So then he was quiet. And after the salah, the Prophet ﷺ, you know, he said to Muawiyah that this prayer is not the place for talking. In prayer, you don't talk. In prayer, there is only tasbih, takbir, and the recitation of the Qur'an. And Muawiyah said that, I have never seen a better teacher than him. The best teacher. The best teacher. The Prophet ﷺ. Because of the way that he taught Muawiyah over here. He could have embarrassed him, but Muawiyah, come on. Like, you don't know this. This is simple. This is something basic. You don't talk to people in prayer. He could have made him feel embarrassed, but he did not. He just told him in a very simple way that salah is not the place for talking to people. It's just for remembrance of Allah and recitation of the Qur'an. So we see that in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ did not tell him to repeat his prayer. You understand? He didn't tell him to repeat his prayer. So from this, the ulama have said that if a person accidentally, out of forgetfulness, or out of unawareness, they speak in prayer, it does not invalidate the prayer. Next hadith, حدثنا ابن نميرن, حدثنا إسحاق ابن منصور, حدثنا هريم ابن سفيان, عن الأعمش, عن إبراهيم, عن علقمة, عن عبد الله رضي الله عنه, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, نحوه. Another narration with a different isnad. حدثنا إبراهيم بن موسى أخبرنا عيسى هو بن يونس عن إسماعيل عن الحارث بن شبيل عن أبي عمر الشيباني قال قال لي زيد بن أرقم 
So Zayd bin Arqam is reporting that in kunna lanatakallamu fi salati. He said, indeed, we used to speak during prayer ala ahdin nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was a norm. People would talk. Yukallimu ahaduna sahibahu bihajatihi. One of us would talk to his companion, meaning to the person standing next to him, about his need. Meaning if he needed something, you know, if there was a some answer to give, you know, people would talk. حَتَّى نَزَلَتْ Until the verse was revealed. Which verse? حَافِظُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ Al-Ayah. Until this ayah was revealed. فَأُمِرْنَا بِالسُّكُوتِ So in this ayah we were commanded with sukut. What is sukut? Silence. What is this ayah? حَافِظُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى وَقُومُوا لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ So in another narration we learned that the nasikh the abrogating part of the verse is which one? The last part of the ayah which is وَقُومُ لِلَّهِ قَانِتِينَ Stand for Allah. How? Devoutly obedient. And part of devout obedience or part of qunud is to observe silence also. Okay? So you know how qunud is to humbly worship and obey? Right? So part of humility is that you're focused. You're not distracted. You're not moving around. Right? There's also consistency. That you're not moving around. So just as you are not moving around, you're focused entirely in your prayer. So part of that is also that you don't talk to people. قُمُوا لِلَّهِ Right? Only for Allah. You only talk to Allah. So in this hadith we see that earlier people would speak to each other. This was permissible. And later on, speaking was something that was forbidden. Alright. Any question before we continue? Any question? Yes. The hadith in which the Prophet said that the salah is for... Okay, it is for... Tasbih, Tasbih, Subhanallah. It is for Takbir, Allahu Akbar, and recitation of the Quran. Now this doesn't mean that you cannot do Tahmid. Tahmid is kind of part of Tasbih. Tahmid is to say Alhamdulillah. But in prayer, mainly this is what we do. Subhanallah, like for example, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, in Rukur, in Sujood. Right? Takbir, every time you say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, right? As you move from one position to the next. And there is recitation of the Quran, right? So mainly, salah includes these three types of kalam. Okay? But all of it is directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any other question? Go ahead. Another one of her children, they were just behind her, Maybe playing, making noise with other children, and she literally turned around, grabbed the child, and went back into salah. I understand if it's a distressed baby, you can, you know, pick the baby up, but in this case, would this be allowed, or would that completely invalidate the prayer? Okay, so if, in general terms, iltifat, which is to turn away, like to turn away, like for example, in salah, we have to, you know, look at the place of sajda, right? Our body must be facing the qibla. And iltifat, turning away, Okay, looking away, turning your neck away, turning towards your back is something that's not allowed in general terms, right? 
But remember we learned that in the five types of movements, there is the last category which is mubah. Right? And mubah is that which is permissible. So, and there are two cases. Right? One is that if an action is forbidden, but if you must do it in a situation of extreme necessity, then it becomes permissible. The second is that if an action is disliked, right? But you have to do it in the case of, you know, some need. Then again, it becomes permissible. Now, you know, if the child is, like for example, right behind her, right? And they're talking, 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 or fighting, fighting, fighting. She knows that she will not be able to focus in her salah. That argument might lead to some kind of, you know, physical fighting, right? Aggression. And that might cause more of a problem. So yes, if she turns, grabs one child, you know, brings that child next to her, there is no harm. Why? Because she is perfecting her prayer. She is allowing herself to focus in prayer. You understand? So in that case, it would be permissible. Mubah. Just one more thing. Is it just... Turning halfway towards your back because what I saw was like a complete she walked 360. Away. She like took yeah. a step, did a complete 360 and came back. I mean, as long as you're in the, I mean, if you're walking away, that's a little, it's too much. But if you just have to like turn around, right, your feet are in the same place. You just have to turn around, grab the child. Just don't say anything. Don't say, shh, be quiet. Don't say that. Anything else? Yes. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So we was in a group. We was praying jama'ah, and this sister, her baby, started crying. She just prayed by herself. She finished the salah by herself. Quickly, she grabbed the baby. She says salam before the imam. So, is it I allowed? I mean, if it is a pressing situation, you can break your prayer. You know, like if you're praying, and you don't hear your child, you don't see your child, and you know that the masjid doors are open, and you know that your child is prone to running outside. He loves cars. You know, so what do you do? You're in Masjidul Haram, right? And there your child walks away in that massive place. He doesn't know a word of Arabic. You don't know how you're going to find your child. So can you break your prayer to go grab your child? Yes, you can. Okay, this is an extreme necessity. Okay, but then in that situation, just break your salah, right? And then pray later. Where my baby is about to throw something on him or he's about to break something, then what I do is like whatever I'm praying, I make my tone louder. So everybody is alert. Oh, something is going to happen. So okay. they cram. Is okay. it Allah? So one is that it is jahri salah. Jahri is fajr, maghrib, isha. So even when you're praying on your own, you can actually recite out loud. Okay. You can. Okay. okay? okay. But when it comes to sirri salah, Okay, which is Zuhur Asr, you're not allowed to say out loud. It's okay? just one or two words, I just okay. put now, an alarm. We will discuss this. To alert the people around you, okay, you have to say something else. Oh, okay. Okay? You don't start saying Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Like you just scare the people, like, what happened? You know? Because then the children get scared, like, you know, that's a very scary voice. Yeah, but they're so used to it. Now they know, oh, mama said Allah, but something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. So there's something else for that. Okay, let's look at that, which is the next bab.